Hey coconuts, welcome back to a Tuesday's weekly bucket updates. This week, Beyond Meats is having a shaky Q3. A couple of restructuring companies such as Shell and Johnson & Johnson and Singapore-based glove company Riverstone has its Q3 earnings. It could be a steal here. TFC's weekly market update scours the net to find worthy financial news to be further discussed and expanded. It is a banter session with facts, figures, and fun to help you get caught up in the world of investing. So join in the banter live with me, Rakesh, your host, weekly Tuesdays at 8pm on our YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch. Hey, Coconuts. Welcome back to our Tuesday's weekly market updates. I'm Rakesh. And I'm Anthony. And today we have four topics to talk to you about. First off, we're going to kick things off with Beyond Meats, a company that just went through Q3 earnings. And after that, to continue in this trend of saving the world, we are talking, going to talk about Shell and you know its non-pollution and restructuring. Talking about saving the world, uh, J&J is on topic this week with regards to a some sort of split that they're having. And finally, back to the, the real world where we talk about real products, we're going to talk a bit in the local context about Riverstone <laughs> and its Q3 earnings as well. Real products. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, nice we, have a, we have a tech light show. That's true, actually. We do, you know, I think every week we always talk about either Tesla, Apple, Netflix, or like Disney. <laughs> so it's actually kind of... And Bitcoin. And Bitcoin. <laughs> so it's kind of invigorating to, to move away from it a little bit as well. <laughs> All right. Why don't we, why don't yeah. we kick things off, right? Um, so I, I was reading the news, Anthony, and um, Beyond Meats just had a Q3 earnings. Now, the good news wait, wait. of... So, so yes. Beyond Meats is impossible, but another brand, right? It's, it's just plant-based meats. Mm, yes. Okay, good. Yeah, I think, you know, for coconuts out there, Beyond Meats is a sort of plant-based company. They create burgers uh, and patties, rather. Uh, they're creating chicken, um, all these plant-based meats. Um, they started off with the Beyond Meats burger patties, and now they're trying to move to chicken as well. Their competitor is Impossible. So I think we've had, we have heard of the Impossible Burger, right? Yeah, so, okay, so, well, I see them around now. Their earnings have been great, right? They are, sorry? I mean, we are in Singapore, we are far from the US, but we still see these products. I assume their they earnings are fantastic. Yes, yes. Um, we do see these products. We see them in the NTUC as well, don't forget, right? Oh, wow, even NTUC. <laughs> yeah, you can buy uh, the frozen Beyond Meats burger patties. Oh, wow. Yeah, cool. yeah, same with Impossible and so on and so forth. They are, they are there, but it doesn't contribute to a lot of their revenue. <laughs> Most of their revenue comes from restaurants and, and all of these things, right? Um, we can, actually, if you go to like Over Easy and all these bars now actually have it. Um, but yes, yeah, so their revenue growth is growing, right? So it grew actually 13% from last year. So it's now currently at 106 million, right, for Q3. So which is, which is pretty good. Unfortunately, that's where all the, <laughs> that's where all the good news stops, right? We saw a drop in share price as soon as they announced Q3 earnings, right? And the main reason was because there was net loss of 54 million, which is actually three times Q3. So last year. So think about it this way, right? Revenue gained 13%, but their net loss was 3x what they had last year. What, what did they do? Right? Yeah, exactly. What, what did they do? Um, you know, I think just before we jump into that, though, and one other thing, though, uh, that, that caused this share price to drop was the fact that management has reduced their forecast for Q4 and for the next year. <laughs> so they don't have a lot of expectation <laughs> in terms of companies or growth. 
which obviously mm-hmm. allowed the, the share price to drop right by, by quite a fair bit. What exactly happened was that they invested in a lot of R&D. They started spending cash. They started to expand quickly without proper understanding of the market is what I'm, I'm thinking okay. here, right? So let's put it this way. They blew up in 2019, right? Them and Impossible yeah. uh, together with other companies, right? It was like the thing. Hey, have you tried the new plant-based burger? I can't believe it's not meat, et cetera, et cetera. So they grew actually 219% in 2019. In 2020, they grew only 36%. Right. Okay. And in 2021 now, where they expect it to grow something like 13 to 16%. But you can see it like a downward trend, right? That's, and the forecast I mean, is not looking. Great. This is a growth company, right? An unsaturated market. They should be winning market share. And, and it's a huge term. And, and all of those junk that you growth investors believe in, right? Um, yeah, what, what, what's yeah. going on? Why is this so low? <laughs> Yeah, and, and it, it's a bit weird as well, right? It's also the fact that, you know, this whole plant-based thing, sustainability has been popping up for the last few years, right, with EVs and stuff like this. And this is definitely the food alternatives with regards to, you know, methane from beef and all of that that we do yeah. get. So we do see that trend and that trend is there, but their profits isn't actually somehow working out. And here's partly the reason why, right? They have had collabs with McDonald's. They've had, had collabs with KFC. And now they're also having collabs with, with Pizza Hut. Now, let me break this down for you. McDonald's, they launched a plant-based burger in Europe and in like eight locations in the US. However, okay. the beef is selling better in McDonald's than the plant-based burger when they tried it out at those locations. Well, naturally, right? right? I mean, I mean- you, you don't go to McDonald's <laughs> and go, I'm vegetarian today. I want McDonald's, but vegetarian. Come on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. So that's one. And to the point where McDonald's isn't actually scaling their business as well. They're like, you know what? We've got this. Uh, we may turn it down, but we'll see how it goes, right? So they still say like, okay. hey, okay, we'll see how it goes. Um, it's still testing and they haven't rolled it out. Testing. But I'm, I'm pretty sure McDonald's got their eyes set on something else. And impossible. with KFC, yeah, so maybe impossible, maybe not, right? But with KFC, one thing I want to note here is that when Beyond Meats first came out, they started off only with beef. So fake beef, in other words. Now mm. they've sort of expanded to fake chicken. And so they've managed to get a collab with KFC to roll out their plant-based nuggets, all right? Okay. So KFC, this was, I believe, in, in a few months ago, and they were testing it out. However, KFC mentioned that they are not going to make it nationwide. So this is in the US, right? Yep. It's only within a few locations, and they're not expanding because they don't see the value, right? Okay. Of course, so- right, what Beyond Meats are saying, what Beyond Meats is saying is that, oh, it's still being tested. We'll see how it goes, but they're definitely going to scale. Yep. Right. Of course, with McDonald's there, with KFC there, there doesn't seem to be much uptake because people go to KFC for the chicken, maybe not, and not probably not for the plant-based meats, right? And same thing for McDonald's. This is what I'm thinking. I, I completely agree. I mean, uh, if I'm vegetarian, I would not think about going to KFC for meal. Seriously, right? Like, like, come on. <laughs> what, what were they thinking? I mean, yes, maybe they wanted a volume-based business, right? Because if you could go with McDonald's or, or KFC nationwide in the US or even globally, that, that's huge market, right? And just mm. even just taking 10% of, of their sales um, would be fantastic. But doesn't seem to be working out, um, unfortunately. So maybe it's time to move on, I guess. I, I, I don't know. Is, is his management kind of given any indication on, on where they think they are going? So as far as I know and understand from, from KFC is that it's still in the testing phase. They will review it when it's the end of the testing phase and then they'll decide. Right? This, is what I, this is what I read. 
But that said, they have one more collab, Pizza Hut, right? And this is about to okay. launch, as far as I know, where they're going to put the fake meats on pizzas. And this one, I have no data whether it's working or not. So we'll have to wait and see maybe for Q4 earnings call or Q1 next year. But from what we understand at McDonald's and KFC, it just, it just doesn't make sense, right? Why are they targeting the fast food industry? Why are they targeting the gourmet industry? Uh, exactly, right? I mean, they're probably putting their eggs in a basket. <laughs> um, but, you know, <laughs> the fast food basket, which is... I mean, I, I can't make sense of it. Um, hopefully, management does, but it seems like I'm right and they are wrong. So, to me. <laughs> and the market agrees <laughs> with me. <laughs> yes, so that's, that's one, right? And also, that said, what I'm thinking about as well, and, and this is my, my, my takeaway right, for coconuts listening out there, was it just a big hype that we saw in 2019? Was it just a big hype that we saw in 2020, right? Of course, Beyond Meats mentioned and, and started to blame the pandemic during the earnings call. I right? said so like, oh, nobody's going to, to fast food. Nobody's going to the restaurants. Therefore, we sold less burgers. Now, I don't think that's necessarily true because a lot of people have been dining, either dining out or getting food taken in back to their homes, right? Here in Singapore, in the US, Europe, everywhere. And some restaurants actually reduce the capacity and opened up a cloud kitchen because guess what? It was more profitable and they see this as, as the new norm. So if that was really the way that that was going to be working out, the suppliers would not, suppliers such as plant-based or in this case Beyond Meats would not be losing out at all. What I do know as well is that part of their losses was because of the increase of the soy and all the different stuff they use to make the patty. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's any business, right? <laughs> Um, you know, everybody has that cost increases. Um, yeah, I mean, look, I think management can can give excuses all they want, but I think that takeaway is right. You know, that there's just been a bit of a deflation in the hype, or, or rather, reality has come in and just didn't measure up to the hype, right? I mean, mm-hmm. the, the meat market is great. Maybe somebody will you know replace all of these with plant-based products one day because that's necessary for the environment, but. At least on the current trajectory, you know, it's it's not beyond meats that that's going to be the winner here. Yeah, I think so as well. And I don't know about the the industry as well. Impossible Foods, by the way, it's competitor also came up with a chicken thing, but well, fake chicken. But you know, I I really see this as a hype thing, right? It was a big hype, right? Oh, it's very cool, right? The Musk invested in all of them, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Everyone's making money, <laughs> but are there okay. are there even better 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 growths out there, right? Like, um, okay, I hate to say it, but Tesla or EV or last week we spoke about Rivian, right? <laughs> oh, did, did you see the Rivian share price is doubled? Dude, we should I have know. gone in on that. <laughs> yes, we should have gone in. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, but back to beyond, you know, it's, it's terrible. It, it's beyond terrible. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, I mean, coconuts for you, for you listening out there, do take a note of this. I, I honestly think there's better options out there. Uh, we have to see how this is going. I think it will be sustainable, but at a normal level. Right. Yeah. Um, and I don't, I don't see it as, as a big hype that it was, that it first was in like 2019, 2020. Yeah, I completely agree. And I think, you know, this has really been a bit of a black mark against the management in terms of execution, right? They, they managed to get a high valuation, but they couldn't really execute against it. So unless they can show something to, to prove otherwise, I think maybe it's best to skip this for now, as compelling as the story might be. Fair enough. Ah, well, Anthony, what do you have for us? Yep, still on saving the world, but hopefully in, in okay. a better way. Shell, right? <laughs> so 
Um, we, we spoke about Shell a, a few weeks back um, and this activist investor, Third Point, took a big stake. They wanted to break them up. We, we poo-pooed mm. it and said, ah, this is terrible. Why are they doing this? Bad. Um, mm. But uh, I think obviously management agrees. Um, so, so what they have done or what they just announced last night is actually to do a bit of a restructuring. So uh, a bit of history in case you weren't paying attention in school, right? Um, Shell is... Anglo Dutch, um, they they are like the equiv- they they were the, the equivalent of the British East India Company, which is why they are called um, Royal Dutch Shell, right? And and they are based. Oh, in I didn't both, know that. Yeah, see, history lesson, right? More than stocks. Yeah, <laughs> I did not pay attention and, in history. Class. Yes, <laughs> but yeah, um, back back to the financial part, you know, they are kind of removing their headquarters from from the Hague in in. Holland to London. They are removing their tax residency from, from Holland to, to England. Um, they are collapsing their share classes, which we, which we can talk about a bit more later, but they're still maintaining their listing. So it, it's a corporate move, essentially. Um, they are not breaking up their business. It's really just to slightly simplify the, the corporate structure slightly and, and hopefully you know, unlock value um, because that's the, always the reason for this, this sort of things. Maybe if you could you could dive down a little bit, right? So why why are they doing this? Unlock value. What do they mean by that? Yeah, so I think well the 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 Dutch part is is history, right? So you know mm. they, they actually have two share classes. So so not only are they listed in London, they're listed in Amsterdam, they're listed in New York. Um they have and in each of these they have different classes of shares. So they have A shares in, in Holland and, and they have B shares in London and New York. And and the reason for this was really for tax efficiency because the, um, Amsterdam had higher dividend beholding tax. So they, they had this you know, whole convoluted structure of having a, a different share class, right, which would pay dividends into a different shell company, <laughs> shell company, yeah. and, and then um, move it on <laughs> to, back to the shareholders to, to kind of tax equalize it and make everybody whole. Right, but that also meant mm. that they couldn't do as much share buybacks in London because that depends on trading volume. You know, they they couldn't they, they they just had their hand tights because of the of the share structure. Um, and and that's where I think the the gist of this comes in. You know, the the Dutch thing is just uh, it's it's nice, but the the whole point is to collapse the share structure and kind of kill the Amsterdam listing, even though they keep it there, just so that. It's simplified and they can do all the buybacks that they want because with all the divestments, they have a lot of cash coming in that they'll need to return. So I think Shell is a dividend play here. Got it. Okay, so so if I can clarify, basically they had a very complex structure which involved a lot of administration to even handle passing money here or buying back shares from either London or Amsterdam. Yeah. And they were just want to make it simpler. A lawyer's bad dream. Right. <laughs> so, so in, in other words, like, what oh, you... this is exciting. <laughs> Look at how much I can build. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, so clearly they're unlocking value by not paying lawyers. I think that's brilliant. Uh... <laughs> no, I mean, the so, lawyers yeah. will charge this one-time fee to, uh, to unlock value and, and yeah, but, but that, that's essentially it. <laughs> oh, no, fair enough. So then what we're saying here is that they're making this whole en- entire system that they currently have, which is a little convoluted because of um, history, right? And the fact that it's archaic, right? It was just there. So what they're doing now is like, okay, one shot. Let's make it all clean. Let's make it easy. That will allow us to either sh- buy back all the shares when we need to, or in, in which case, be a bit more manipulative in the market. Would you say that? Yeah, exactly. Ah, yeah. 
Okay. Good summary. They're not. Oh, thanks, man. <laughs> so they're not. They're not. They're not splitting up like part of the business here or part of the business there or whatever. Like. No, no, no. It, it it's all um trying to play around with, with the shareholding structure. It, it's nothing to do with the actual business. Um, which, which you know we we talked about last time and we said yeah it's it's better probably to Doesn't to keep the, the businesses as they are. Mm. Okay. Cool. So in this case, you mentioned it's a dividend play. So yep, you expect much. a lot of net profits and a lot. You expect dividends to grow as well with with this company, Shell. Um, I mean, in, in this in our part of the world, we like dividends, but I think in in London and New York, they prefer share buybacks just because of tax, right? But yeah, mm. I, I think look, what what they have been giving out in terms of buybacks and and dividends is two billion a, a quarter, right? Um, that's per calendar quarter. They are expecting oh. just in the fourth quarter of this year. Just from one transaction alone, seven billion, right? Which of which six billion need to be returned to shareholders, mm. right? So, so that that's the amount of cash that you know they they're spinning off with divestments and you know the ESG transition. Because let's face it, right? Wind, solar, they are very cheap, you know, to build. Um, unlike they are they are projects in the millions and tens of millions. They are not unlike LNG projects, which are in the billions. So it's a lot easier, and and I think they they will be spinning off a lot of free cash flow that. They, they can't really invest in because renewables are, don't take up as much cash. So they will have to go back to shareholders sooner or later. And I think that that's where the, the real value is unlocked. Um, as they divest, as they transition, that they, they will have to keep you know, going back to shareholders. And, and this move is a way to make all their subsequent you know, share buybacks a lot easier. Got it. And, and Got hopefully it. That, that reflects in their multiple as well. So, you know. Yes. <laughs> when do they expect this to be done over X number of years, I presume? Uh, uh, probably the next we know? year or so. Um, it, it's going to be getting moving tax residents and, and headquarters are is a difficult thing. Um, Unilever did the same thing actually last year and it took about 18 months. So probably okay. about there. I expect about the same. Cool. Well, it's it's nice to hear a company moving to London as opposed to companies moving away from London <laughs> for now. <laughs> yeah, Su- surprising right? Brexit and you know, people go to London. Oh well, well but, but yeah, the, the Dutch have have had a bad reputation recently, so not not unsurprising. Awesome, man. Thanks, thanks for that, Anthony. That was that was great news. You know, and I think my 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 next topic is is same same but different. <laughs> uh, it's it's Johnson and Johnson, right? We're saving the world. They're doing restructuring, but it's restructuring in a different manner as well, right? What J and J, Johnson and Johnson, is trying to do or will be doing is splitting the baby powder, which we all know is very very profitable right? <laughs> in terms of their margins, as and and on one side, and they're creating another company for pharma and medical devices. So effectively, they're splitting that up. Whereas previously, there were, were one holdings. And I think that's that's completely fair, right? <laughs> I think it's it's it should be happening. It's it's been a little late. <laughs> I think they should have done it last year when everybody was trying to consolidate. But maybe they were focused on the on the vaccine, right? <laughs> um, and <laughs> nah, they can do two things at once. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's hope. Let's hope. <laughs> and you know, I think we yeah with with regards to that, that I, I just see it as common sense, right? Splitting it up. Um, baby powder is in a completely different life cycle, product life cycle stage, or is by itself, right? We're with China, or clearly wanting to buy a lot of those. Uh, Australia is a big one here. Oh, actually, Asia is massive, right? And the US as well, in terms of the Johnson & Johnson baby powder. And medical devices and pharma, with regards to COVID-19 vaccines or other, other vaccines that they're trying to create or other pharmaceuticals they're trying to create, which is high, in, high initial investment, high, high research amount, and then 
getting a effective perpetuity over time. What are, what are your yeah. thoughts on the split? Yeah, I think. Oh, well, I mean, it makes sense, right? You have, you have, as you said, businesses that are fundamentally different, right? You have a, a high volume, low margin, you know, consumer products business, and you have, and and that's relatively easy. I mean, think about again, Unilever. Um, all your FMCG goods, it's, it's so competitive. It's, it's just, you know, marketing that, that wins the day, right? And and on the other side, in their pharma and medical devices, they, they don't really do generics. They do, you know, their own research. Um, they, they try to come up with groundbreaking stuff. All, all these take money. Um, and of course, but of course, if successful, all of these are, are super high growth. So, I mean, from, from that perspective, you know, you, you don't, you no longer think about, making the cash flows consistent from one to the other. You you spin them off, you have separate entities and you let them focus on what they do best. And you know, if the pharma business dies because they can't create new products fast enough or get patents fast enough, then then that's too bad, right? The, there's no requirement yeah. for the, the consumer business to to come in and, and save them and you know do do all that conglomerate stuff that, that they should do. Yeah. Um yeah. So so yeah, I think it, it, it's decent. <laughs> Um, it's decent. Yeah, no fair. But I mean, I'm sure they'll still have like, you know, a central treasury and all of that to, to funnel money from one entity to the next, right? Oh, no. I think they're actually splitting off completely, right? Which is why this will take time. Ah. So so they, they will have a new company that, that holds all the consumer Whatsoever. products and list that company or, or sell it to PE or, or whatever. So, so it will be completely separate functionally, right? Different Got management and, and all of that. Nice. Okay. Job creation, That's, right? Very important. <laughs> um, and you know, you were talking about, you know, medical devices thing doesn't work, but it's also the same thing, right? Because with, with baby powder, there were a lot of suits going on. I don't think it was only J&J, but for other companies as well. And we don't want that to impact the medical <laughs> medical devices or research or pharma side of things as well, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. But uh, I mean, uh, this is a bit of a sidestep, but J&J did something... Well, Clever in, in a sense, so so they they were getting sued everywhere for um, baby powder, uh, talcum powder, and and a possible asbestos, and and they were losing the suit. So what they did was they said, oh, we have you know contingent liabilities of a few hundred million, all right, because U.S. lawsuits are insane, insane damages. We we put that all into a new company, and and we declared that company bankrupt. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? <sighs> Their lawyers got a big but, payout. <laughs> yeah, I mean look. Fantastic lawyering, fantastic thinking and structuring, but yeah, come on, man. Um, so look, you know, but they, they obviously know what they're doing in terms of you know corporate structuring and, and splitting off you know what, what they want. So so I think th- this will be a decent move in the long run. I just don't, I don't, I'm just not very keen on owning an FMCG business, nor am I very keen on on having a pharma business in my portfolio. Mm-hmm. Um, so so yeah, for for that reason, uh, this is theoretical. It's nice. It's interesting. I'm I'm not going to buy any of these shares. <laughs> That's fair. And but we we are noticing a trend as well, right, Anthony? Like I mean, we talked about Shell. Uh, just just next topic now, J and J. We also heard about about you know GE, Toshiba. What what why do you think they're all looking at it splitting up and and you know sort of divesting or creating the segment? Oh, that, that, I mean, okay, this, this is really new. Um, I was, we, we, there was this article in, in the Financial Times today, actually, um, that, that said, oh, yeah, th- this is really just a reflection of um, what universities are teaching. <laughs> right? okay. So um, in, in the previous generation, so, so in the 60s and 70s, you know, where Jack Welch and, and whoever were, were bringing GE up, the, the primary mode of thinking was that you, know, you want conglomerates, you want big, 
um, negatively correlated businesses so that if one is in a down cycle, the other is in the up and, and you make consistent profits throughout, right? Um, recently, at least in the last 10, 20 years, at least when we went to uni, you know, they never taught us that, right? They said, no, every company needs to have a specialized. specialization. <laughs> we'll let the market yes. decide. If you fail, you fail, you know, so... So you don't, right? And and I think that that's kind of been reflected. And and I mean, our generation is, is not in the boardroom yet. But I think for the last people 10, 20 years older than us are, and and the fund managers are. So so I think there's a and this, this kind of makes sense to me, right? There there is that trend going on that goes, oh yeah, you know, this is what we learned as the the technically best um, way to run a business. Let's just do it this way. Fair enough. But but this sounds um logically interesting. Yeah, so basically, um, whatever we learned in school is now being applied la, when people are yeah, rising up to the right level. Later. Right. <laughs> yeah. Correct, correct. When you get up to the level that you can make these decisions. <laughs> yeah. And and I mean, you know, thinking about it again, uh, another step further, you, you think about your Blackstones, your KKRs. They are private equity, yes, but they also hold so many companies, right? They are, they are essentially a conglomerate as well, uh, functionally, just that they don't use one to offset the other, right? So, so mm. I think it's just a, a shift in thinking where people used to think that one company's management could do it all, and now it can't, and it's more efficient and, and better value to, to break them up, which is why I would, as a face shareholder of Facebook, sorry, Meta, I would like them to Meta. break up on Facebook and WhatsApp <laughs> and Instagram as well. <laughs> Maybe they will, you know. Maybe they will. I, I wouldn't mind, honestly. But yes, topic for another day. <laughs> we, we just need speculation to talk about Meta for another and day. And Apple every episode. Man, I think we need to spin off, you know, because every week there's so much news coming from them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, but back on to, uh, I think, our last topic for today. Anthony, back to reality you mentioned. <laughs> well, I mean, we, we have been very non-techy today, but we are mm. moving, you know, further into consumer devices and we are going to talk about Riverstone which is a glove company right so so from baby powder and and soap and shampoo we have moved to gloves which is fantastic sorry i'm just going to clarify gloves as in winter gloves or glove as in well um they, they do two types of gloves Operating they do room gloves. surgical gloves right which okay. obviously with the pandemic huge demand um, and they also do clean room gloves so so those are required for your semiconductor manufacturing your your electronics ah. plants that sort of thing so very very on topic right just that they do gloves which is unsexy yeah <laughs> we barely even talk about anything other than tech let alone gloves <laughs> <I> mean, so... <laughs> hey without these gloves you wouldn't have you know your semiconductors and then you wouldn't have tech so it all works. Man. That's true. It's all part of the same chain. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. Tell us about this. Tell us about this company, Riverstone. Yeah. Um, well, so obviously they do gloves and well, you know what's going on in the last year or so, right? Um, lots what's lots happening? more medic. I mean, in case you haven't, in case you don't know, there's this thing called COVID, right? Um, ah. and, and lots more um, medical devices and and a lot more concern about safety and all that. So, gloves course, were yeah, naturally yeah. what people thought of. And and they showed in the market, right? So they started mm. in, in 2020, I think at 50 cents, um, Singapore cents. Um, they, they hit 225, so they quadrupled, you know, third quarter last year, which is fantastic given that everybody thinks the Singapore market is crap. And, and so now... $2.25. Cents, 
Yeah, so so they have okay. t- times four, right? Essentially, it's yep. a fallbacker. Yeah. If you went from bottom down well, pre-COVID to peak, and and now they are back at what seventy nine cents today. Um. So so hmm. back down as well. Um. Yeah, the Singapore market has volatility too. Um. But but what I I thought was really interesting, right, is that this seems to be setting up to be more than a COVID play. Right, so okay. you know they they just ha- they just released their latest financials. Um, it was decent. It was thirty percent up, thirty eight percent up year on year. But you know it's it's not growing anymore. So because of the the glove market, right? It's it's just not doing well. Lots of surgical gloves are coming onto the market. Their sorry, their net profit year to year was at 40 percent up, but their quarter to quarter was fifty percent down. Right. So down. not great. Down. Right. right. So which which just shows you how, how much how much they pulled forward, you know, net profit in the last two quarters. It was insane. Right. And Absolutely. to to give, you know, more more tangible numbers, it was what, two hundred sixty million um in terms of profit. Uh, this is Ringgit, I think. Um last quarter. Um pre COVID, hmm. the profit for an entire year was 130 million. So you know, you have essentially eight times your profit in in two years. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. May, maybe the market structure is bad. Maybe it's going to go down again. But I mean, think about it, right? If even if it goes down by another 50%, which is unlikely, your net profit just in a quarter hits 130 million. That was what they were mm. making in a year two years ago for an entire year. You know, it's it's great. It's essentially moved them to a new steady state, but I don't think that's reflected in the market. Got it. But yeah, do do you do you that does this make sense to you? Like I don't yeah. know, right? Um I, I'm an I'm an old school guy. I like looking at PE ratios, which is five point six by the way. It's it's low. I don't think we have seen PE at, as low in, in any of our stops no. in the show before, but I stopped yeah. looking at PE a long time ago, my man. <laughs> no, I, I don't think we even have PS at, at you know six times, right? For from beyond. It's probably like twenty or fifty or hundred. So so yeah, it's 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 amazing, um I think. Right, but the, mm. the market just just doesn't seem to recognize it. So I think something for coconuts to to look at in in a bit more detail. Definitely, and and a quick question for you. Okay, so just to clarify, this company, Riverstone, is listed in the SGX. Yes, but they are with a factories Malaysian in Malaysia. Company. Yes. Oh, so with factories in Malaysia, but they're Singaporean company. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, they they have a Thank they have a company in Singapore. They have a company in KL. Um, yeah, yeah, okay. but they they are essentially yeah, they're a Malaysian company. Got it. Okay, so my question for you is, I mean, and your question to me was, why is it not like, is it a good buy, right? Um, yeah. Given given that, well, it's I think it could reflect- be a good buy. <laughs> Tell mm. me why not. But you you mentioned their quarter on quarter has been dropping. Yep, fifty percent was it? So yes, where do you see the next quarter? I guess that's that's my question, right? So now we've we've seen it grow and we've seen it drop, right? It hit two dollars and you mentioned it dropped to seventy-five cents. Yeah. And pre-COVID it was fifty cents. Is yes. that right? So what makes you think that it will go from 79, 75, 79 cents that you said up as opposed to back to fifty cents? Because the surgical gloves industry, number one, is becoming more saturated with you know China obviously shipping it out and multiple other companies catching up to that technology. Yep. And with with the COVID effectively moving to an endemic state, are we going to see an increase on these gloves? That's my question to yeah. you. Do you think that will increase? No, so, so exactly right. I don't think it will increase. Actually, I think it will decrease. You know, and mm. and 
that the, the projected decrease in, in I actually read this, I can't believe it. The, the projected decrease in the surgical glove market on a per unit basis is going to be heard, is projected about 20% less in 2022 and, and probably okay. about 35% less in, in 2020. So why would I buy? No, but that, that's exactly the point, right? Even if you took a 50% discount of net profit and surgical gloves is only what, 50% of, of their product mix and their revenue. So, you know, we, we, we take... A, a much bigger haircut, right? We, we say that not only could surgical gloves fail, clean room gloves, which is actually succeeding and they are the market leader in globally, right? Also fail and it's 50% decrease. They still make, compared to pre-COVID times, four times net profit, right? Yearly, right? And this is stable. Even if it doesn't grow forever, it's still stable. So there is no reason, you know, even if we compress the multiple, whatever, 2023 onwards stable basis, it's the same price or just 40% more than the pre-COVID price, right? There, there, there is a, quite a fundamental, I think, mispricing here. Fair enough. So what you're saying here is, unlike the rest of the stocks that we've been talking about, <laughs> with, with Tesla and, and Rivian and, <laughs> not financial and all of advice, them, by the way. <laughs> it's not, yeah. <laughs> so what you're saying is, you know, Comparing to those, this company actually has fundamentals, actually has a growth in its net profit, and we expect that even at, at a 50% haircut, but the price or the, the market sentiment isn't quite there. Yep. Uh, but right. you know, but nobody's projecting more than a 50%. Nobody's projecting even a 50% haircut, right? So your debt assumption is much more conservative than, than any <laughs> other analyst in the market. But you're still making money, right? And yeah. and oh, sorry, one one last point. Um, so so they had bumper quarters, right? The last two the last two quarters. Um, they actually course, announced yeah. in in the last earnings that if everything goes to plan, they would project actually a twenty cent dividend for financial year twenty twenty one. So you mm, get you, know, you, you buy eighty cents now. Okay, six cents is over. <laughs> sorry, eight cents it was declared earlier this year, but you get twelve cents back. <laughs> risk-free end of the year and yeah that, that's an immediate 16% return for, for for nothing much right so mm. even if they, they take the, the entire co- two COVID years as an anomaly they are, they are returning all spare cash after investments because they are expanding as well but they are returning all spare cash to shareholders to, to do what you want with so I don't see a downside you know I think oh, the, 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 if, if it's fundamentally mispriced, nobody wants to look at it, so be it. You are going to get 16% dividend return this year in the next four months. You are going to get you know, 8 to 10% dividends con- going forward because that's how profitable they are. Oh, you, you, you'll recover it in, in five years, right? Um, so, so yeah, it's, it's, not a, it's not a bad company at all. Fair enough. And, you know, in all fairness, you know, when they create the gloves for semiconductors, semiconductors, as we know, is going through a shortage and we're seeing expansion in terms of infrastructure. So there would, there could be a demand for their gloves. And you mentioned they're yeah. also a global leader in, in that, right? Yeah. I mean, you, you build more foundries, you need more gloves, right? Absolutely. <laughs> so there definitely could be that angle. And I think as they raise their dividends, so on and so forth, this could be a very good play, especially for Singapore market where it's quite dividend heavy. I think, yeah. you know, for coconuts out there uh, listening, Please let us know on, on Telegram, on Twitch, on, on Facebook. If you want us to do a stock geek out on this, we can get Reggie right on it, right? <laughs> who, who can do some sort of analysis and tell you, yes, this is this is the fundamentals. This is what's exactly happening. So if you do want us to go ahead deeper into this, please let us know. We're more than happy to do that for you. 
You can message us on um, Telegram if you haven't joined our group or message us at hello at thefinancialcoconut.com. Awesome, Anthony. I think that was a that was a really good find. Very rare do you find yeah. companies that... Uh, sorry, that I've been averaging down for, for a while. So I, I, I'm All very right. upset that it's mispriced. <laughs> well, technically, you should be happy, right? Because then you can go in and get all your dividends and at a lower well, no, price. I, I've been buying for a while, right? So so I'm just waiting for them to, to reprice properly. Hopefully, you will go back up to when you first when you first purchased. Are you yeah, averaging down? Or you even just keep 20% going, more, I, I'll, I'll be quite, quite good. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that comes to the end of our show. So thank, thank you so much, um, Anthony, for of course taking the time and, and Coconuts for, for listening in. We will see you next week. Bye. All right. See you. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode with me, Rakesh, and trust that you learned something today. If you enjoyed the session and want to be part of the banter, join our community Telegram group or follow us on social media. We also have a weekly newsletter to get a digest of the news we covered. To sign up, please click the description below. As always, we love your feedback. So share that with us at hello at thefinancialcoconut.com. Thanks and stay safe.